We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, who I'm currently not speaking to, which makes it very hard to do this podcast. But we will get there in a second. Today, we are combining MMA and boxing for one show. Next week, we'll be back to having three shows. So a nice little combo for you guys this week. We're going to be talking about Canelo and his upcoming fight, Devin Haney and his fight this past weekend and previewing the Terrence crawford Kell Brook fight, as well as talking about Bellator and the UFC on this episode. So, plenty of stuff packed into this show. It's going to be a fun one, but we got to start off with the reason I'm not speaking to the old man right now is because the man has no tact. He has no coof. He's out here just taking just thirst traps with his video games. This is the male equivalent of a thirst trap in 2020. Don't crack that claw, sir. You haven't deserved it. You were too privileged over there. He's showing up. He didn't even have to go and get his systems. They delivered his Xbox <laughs> and his PS5 to the crib today. Didn't have to move a muscle. No risking COVID. You didn't have to do a thing. Damn, it's a lucky day for you. It's a big day for me. 
It's a big day in the Hill House. My PS5 and my Xbox. I got the S. I didn't get the X. So not super privileged. I wasn't able to get my hands on the X. I will though. So I got an S. The digital it's one. Unnecessary. You Why is just it unnecessary? Buy, buy whatever games you would share on the PlayStation and get just exclusives on the S. Well, the thing about the the see, look, man, I'm a video game connoisseur. The thing about the X is it actually plays 4K. A lot of the PS5 games don't play 4K yet, and um. The Xbox Series X is a little bit more powerful. The S is not as powerful, but I'll have it anyway. I'll just wait. Anyway, got them both. Got my games. And I'm doing this goddamn podcast, and my shit is just like I'm, I'm transferring my files. I have a problem, people. Like, my you wife do. hates me right now. Listen, in my house currently, this is my house, and this is going to sound terrible. But if I have an addiction, it's video games. I have one, two, three three xbox ones i have the, the original that came out with a connect the kids use that now to play just dance i have the xbox one s which was the slightly upgraded one the white one that came out after that i got it on a hookup and then i got an xbox series x when i bought my 4k tv and now i have the xbox series s so that's four xboxes and i have three playstations ps5 ps4 pro and a PS4, and I have a Nintendo Switch, and I just got an arcade cabinet of Dragon's Lair, and I just got <laughs> what else did I buy? I bought the Mini Neo Geo. I have a Mini Nintendo, and I'm my, I'm leaving my wife to give me the NBA Jam arcade cabinet because I need that for the crib. So I have a fucking problem, but I don't care if this ain't anything. Gonna, if, if this anything I'm gonna talk about, like it's video games. I play the Look shit out of video games, so I got them. I'm ready. I don't even know how I'm going to play all this shit. Like, my wife looked at me on Thursday because I had to leave the house because my NBA 2K on PS5 was at GameStop because I didn't want to wait because Amazon fucked up and delayed my Spider-Man until Monday. So I was like, I ain't going to wait for NBA 2K. So I'm going to use my trading credit and go pick up my 2K. My wife looked at me and was like, this is ridiculous. When do you have time to play all these games? I was like, I don't know. She was like, here's a list of chores <laughs> that you can do <laughs> and, and you need to get through all this shit because... I had to, for those that know, I just bought a new house and I'm upgrading. So I bought like one a new fridge, new all all kinds of shit. And I have to do some measurements. Got to get some new flooring. And yeah, my wife's just like, you ain't gonna have time for this shit. But watch tonight, <laughs> you gonna show her. <laughs> I'm gonna show her when them lights go out and everybody go to sleep. And the thing is, she stays up to four in the morning because she's in law school. I'm gonna out stay up longer than her, and I'm gonna no. get my shit. Watch. <laughs> Watch me. This two, this two K, this two K is calling my name. I got this Yakuza like a dragon. I'm still playing Ghost of Tsushima on PS4, and now I've got to upgrade it to PS5. Oh, and that game is beautiful on PS4. Then I got Watch Dogs. I got Assassin's Creed. What am I missing? NBA 2K. The new Assassin's Creed that just dropped. Yeah, and I didn't even finish the old one. Like I was like midway through it, and then I had to play The Last of Us. I'm just, it's just bad, man. I got too many games. I just, I got a fucking problem. People, if you're listening, this is the best part about being friends with Dre is that he gets these games. He'll beat some of them. Some of them he doesn't even beat. Most he doesn't take out of the rapper. And then you just go to his crib and be like, yo, let me borrow this. And when you say that, this is his best quality as a friend. When you say, yo, let me borrow this. He is the king of just opening up random ass cabinets and be like, oh, you like this game? 
and he'll just pop some other shit open. Be like, yo, you got to play this. Yeah. Then you got to play this. And same thing with movies. If you go over his, if you guys ever met Dre for any reason, you guys are kicking it. He'd be like, yo, I love this old school Japanese horror movie. This motherfucker, one, has it on DVD. Two, will throw eight DVDs at you. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, you like this? Do this. So I never really have to buy games because the old man will just buy them, finish them, and I'll just ask him to borrow it. He is 2020 blockbuster. Yeah, it's it's absurd. And that's my thing. Like, I'm a completionist, right? So it's really frustrating when I don't get to finish a game. So I'll try, I will plow through a game. And if I can't get through it, I get mad. Like, the Assassin's Creed, I've had, like, two years to finish this shit, but so many goddamn games come out, I can't keep up because I got a life, and I work, and I got a kid. So it's, like, it's fucking impossible. So it's frustrating. So then some games I'll buy because I'm a collection person. Like, I buy everything. I bought Resident Evil 2, the remake. I still haven't opened that shit. Guy's a hoarder. A video yeah, game hoarder. It's rough. Uh, and my wife looks at me, and she's like, this is stupid. Like, you haven't even opened this shit yet. And no, and I just bought, and then Xbox. Look, you can tell I'm really excited about all this shit. That's absurd. <laughs> so hype. But Xbox has Game Pass now, right? Where you get, where you basically just pay a subscription fee and you can just play basically anything. So, like, the new, well, Gears of War 5 has like this dope upgrade and it comes with like Gears Tactics. And it's all for like $14 a month. So instead of spending like $40, $50 for a game, you just get Game Pass. So I just bought that shit today. Now I'm looking at this shit. This Game Pass is like this ridiculous library, which is like the Blair Witch game, which I never got to play. All the Gears of War games. Halo. Um, yeah, that's where fight, I play Halo on still. Dog, it has Fight Night Champion on it. So it's about, it's real. But I'm you looking at You don't want that work though. By the up. way, you don't, you don't want that work if you're playing down. online. Pipe down. <laughs> but I'm looking at the library. And I'm like, wow, this is great. So I'm just downloading shit. And then I'm looking at all the games that I just bought. And I'm like, how am I going to... Like, it's literally like 17 games that I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm going to play all these games. So tonight and tomorrow, and I'm like real fidgety. So it's like, I'm going to start playing a game of 2K. And then I got like Yakuza Like a Dragon. So I'm sure I'm going to pop that in. And then I'm going to play like a game, like a 20 minutes of Assassin's Creed. It's about to get real stupid tonight. So <laughs> the funny thing is... I got to copy Yakuza. Yeah, the, and I've never finished a single one of them. And I play like I play oh. deep into them, and then another game comes out. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna come back to this because they are extraordinarily long. I've never finished it one because they're long and they get kind of complicated towards like the middle of them. My daughter has beat three of them. They're I mean they're great. She loves them, and like she just beat the most recent one with the new Japan guys in it, like for a PS4. So I got to cop this one because I know she's gonna want to play it. So yeah, yeah. that's always my thing, like. If I want to play a game that they want, I'll just pawn it off and be like, yo, when you come for Christmas, I'll have this game for you. And they show up and the shit's already open. Yeah. So that was my excuse for getting like Spider-Man and a bunch of other shit. So yeah, I'm just buying it for the kids. And then I play it before they get here. And then they just play it after me. So It's um, stupid. It, I mean, yeah, one, then, then, then like the Nintendo Switch is like the worst system in the world because I could take it anywhere. And I literally like walk through my house and just play this shit. And they just release... I don't know if anybody's played like the No More Heroes games from the Wii era. They just released them on Switch and I just bought them all. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to play these. No, I'm not. Because I'm playing this game called Hades, which is a dungeon crawler, which is like, it never really has a finish. Like you, you keep playing it and there's other things to do. And I finished the game. Like you have to beat Hades, which is your pops like nine times. But then there's more shit to do. So it's addicting as hell. And now I keep going back to play that. <laughs> And it's like, I'm trying to play No More Heroes, 
I got Super Smash Bros. Played it like three times. I got Super Mario Kart. I play that with the kids. I got like Xenoblade Chronicles. I'm never going to touch it. It's it's ridiculous. It's just too many fucking games. I wish I was 15 again with no responsibilities. But if I was 15, I couldn't afford none of this shit. So I'll take what I am right now. Yeah, yeah. You get around to it sooner or later. So I'm a... By the way, for anyone listening, there is nothing else to this opening segment. We're just here to nerd out. Yes. Um, the old man more than me. But I got to put you on the spot. Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation. You can't be, a, you can't be both. No, it's PlayStation. It's, it's absolutely PlayStation. Without hesitation. No. There's you no- just said the Xbox was better and stronger than the PlayStation It is. 5. The new Xbox is stronger, but the exclusives that PlayStation has, like Xbox can't compete. I buy Xbox for a few games. Gears of War, Halo. Okay. Yep. Um, and then they have a few others, like Sunset Overdrive was really dope. Um, there's a couple. Bioshock? That's not exclusive. That's not exclusive. That's all third Oh, I've titles. only played it on Xbox. Um, but Bioshock is incredible. Yeah, Bioshock is dope. They have some other shit. They I used to buy it because they had uh, exclusive rights to like all the Midnight Club and Rockstar games and yeah. all that shit. But that's no, not anymore. exclusive anymore. No. So. No. So like PS PlayStation, The Last of Us is art. Like The Last of, of Us Two is that's your joint though. I that think was the that's, last game you just finished, right? Um, on PS4, yeah. Because now I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima, and that's incredible. But Last of Us Two has now entered my. Top, it's easily in, in my top 10 games of all time now. I'm trying to figure out what? if it's in my top five. That game is incredible. That that game is incredible. That's, we'll get to that because that's going to be our topic here in a second, the top five games of all time, your personal top five games of all time. For it to make the top 10 and it just dropped is crazy. Dude. I really like Spider-Man. Like That last Spider-Man game was incredible. It was. It, it, and it was. It didn't crack my top 10. <laughs> but no. It was, I mean, no. But I think, I mean, it's a great game. It's like, I, I can't wait to play this Miles Morales when it comes on Monday. Like, everything else is getting shoved to the side for like at least two and a half weeks and as long as it takes me to finish it. But Spider-Man, if you're a fan of the comics, the game was, was fucking great. So I can't wait to get my hands on this. But no, it's not, it's not even close to my top ten. And I, I really enjoyed that game. So Last of Us 2, is that that Dude. good? I have never played a game that's so emotionally engrossing as The Last of Us 2. Like, I would have to stop playing it because I was like, this is too much. Just, emo- <laughs> like, it's just, it's just too much. Like, the first one, have you played the first one? Do you know no, this? I have not played Last of Us. So, listen, man. Spoiler. It's, it's in the very beginning of the game. This is how brutal the game is for those who haven't played it. But those that have know exactly what I'm talking about. The game opens up with you and your daughter hanging out. And then, like, this, this, like, people are infected. So, it's kind of like some 28 Days Later shit. Your daughter gets fucking shot and killed in the beginning of the game. And she dies Damn. in your arms. And it's, like, the most moving scene. And I was, like, right there. I was, like, oh, yeah. It's about to be on. Now, Last of Us 2 takes that shit to a whole nother level. The level of brutality in 2 and just emotionally gut-wrenching things that happen in that game. And it's a video game. It shouldn't be like this. But it is. And then it's a gorgeous game. It looks amazing. So it's a zombie game. Yeah, it kind of, right? So it's like if you took like elements of The Walking Dead and elements of like a zombie game, but you put this real human element in there with these people who are trying to like 
he's trying to find a cure but it's like you're traversing the country to get to these fireflies in the first one and as you're traversing the country like the game like i said it's gorgeous but then there's you know you have to kill people too because people are pieces of shit and there's just really <laughs> horrible people in this game but in the last of us 2 the things that you think are horrible get another edge to them and it just changes every your perspective about how everything plays out i've never played a video game like this ever Ever. Well, I think you sold me and everyone listening on playing The Last of Us 2. Yeah, uh, but you have to play, play one. First you can't, you can't yeah. play two without one. You have to play one. All right, I'm going to borrow the first one from you and then play the second one. Um, all right, so that was pretty easy, PS5. I used to be an Xbox guy, but then I got PlayStation like two years ago for the first time. got my PS4 two years ago for my first time in like a decade because I needed to play MLB The Show. Oh, MLB The Show is no longer going to be exclusive. Really? It's heading to Xbox now as well. What? Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to get it on PlayStation. I mean, yeah, I still kind of... I'm just used to it on PlayStation. The controller would feel funny. Yeah. If I tried to play on Xbox. I only play shooters on Xbox now. Yeah. Like you said, like, you know, Call it or Halo, Gears of War, Call of Duty. I play all of that on Xbox. Yeah. I mean, that and makes sense. You I don't even... Have you opened Call of Duty yet? I, haven't, I didn't buy it. Because oh, my I problem with Call know. of Duty is this. If I start playing online, I won't stop. And then nothing else will get played. Because I have to win. And I don't... There I'm, is no winning, Dre. But I mean, it, yeah, I'm exactly. down with it. I'm down for it. Let's go. But that's why I can't buy it. So I'm like, no. I, I mainly play like single player games that have an end to them. Because then I can feel like I've completed something. Those games have no end when you play online. It's just nah, infinite. But... Well, no, we can play Warzone and we can like win the Warzone. I mean, look, man, I'll play. I mean, don't get it. I'll play. Like, I bought Overwatch. I played the hell out of that. But I can't sink my time into those because I have to play like Spider Man. I have to play That's- Assassin's Creed. I can't sit here for like 12 hours trying to play, a, you know, Battle Royale and fucking Apex Legends. I just don't have the time to do it. This is what I'm going to set up. One, you got to play Call of Duty like for two weeks before I set this up. But sometime around the end of December, early January, whenever, January, I guess, when boxing takes a lull for a second, I'm going to set up a game like boxing journalists, because I know uh, Sean, shout out to Sean, I know he plays, there's a couple of other like boxing journalists who plays, and we're going to go 4v4 in Warzone against some boxers, because all the boxers play. That's, so I, Terrence was playing today. I interviewed Terrence. Terrence got off the phone with me. He was like, yo, I got to go. I got to hop on Call of Duty. And he was playing Warzone right in the hotel room right after the interviews, media See, interviews today. This or makes fighter me, interviews. This makes me want to start. Because what happened when Call of Duty and like Black Ops first came out, Modern Warfare, I played the shit out of it. Like I wouldn't go to sleep because I wanted to beat everybody I knew. But then I like disconnected. I was like, I can't. I can't sing. But now I'm hearing like Terrence Crawford and them playing. Now Everyone, I want to kill Sh- their ass. Like, Shakur talks so much shit. Oh, I'm so ready now. Shakur talks so much shit. And he'd be like, yo, I'm just I'm telling you. And he gets carried. And you can tell him I say it. He gets carried by his team. Shakur talks the most shit on that game. Uh, Teofimo plays it. Everyone. Everyone plays this shit. Mm. Um, I have to buy it now. Yo, yo. Everyone's on it. And everyone plays like together. I think the Charlo brothers play it. 
and they all just go and like play Warzone for like three or four hours every night. There's also one other issue. The other issue I won't play like Warzone online is like you see my TV. I got like a 65 inch curved TV in the front. Yeah. You can't play first person shooters no. on big TV. That is a disadvantage. Yeah. So what I'm <laughs> I actually- try to play it. I play it on my bottom TV because you know I got three TVs set up. I play it on the bottom TVs because they're a little smaller. I can't play it on the 60, 65 inch up top. Yeah, you can't. It's just stupid. So. That's like my last thing. Like I'm redoing my office. I'm getting one of them like gamer monitor setups because you know we do the podcast, we do wrestling with stereotypes. Yeah. I do video shit. Then I'm gonna have my PlayStation, my Xbox in here, and then I saw this like 4K curved monitor, and I was like, oh, I gotta buy this shit. So <laughs> once I have that, which is a smaller screen, and then it's like, I'm really nerding out here. Like 120 refresh rate, and then you get the the 4K, which means that nothing's like super blurry and everything's crystal clear. It's going to be a fucking problem. Because then I can play again. I tried playing that shit on my big screen. That was like, this is dumb. I can't do no, this. Your turn sensitivity is too slow, too. Like, it feels like you're scanning the entire map. It's not good. I can't snipe because my TV is too big. So, yeah, the <laughs> exactly. perfect, like, the, the smaller, oh, curve joint has to be crazy, too. But, yeah, so, now we'll get you on that. I know everyone listening is like, yo, you don't play Warzone? It's I know. going down. We'll drop gamer tags. And yeah, we'll have fun with it. Like we'll play some people who listen to the show, all this shit, and us mm. versus boxers. So we just crush all the boxers. You okay? This is your task now, Ken. I'm putting this on you. You need to set up a corner club league in this shit, and I'll pop Ooh. in for that. Okay. And if any of the listeners, if you playing, drop your gamer tag to Kel. I don't know if you want to do it publicly. I don't, because then I get too many requests. But drop your gamer tag to Kel. And if Kel, he'll set up a fucking league. Isn't that right, Kel? Yeah, Isn't that what you're going to do? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. 4v4. So we need like a, a solid 4v4. Also. So we'll make sure everyone gets their four and let's get it. Fun fact, I don't talk when I play those games. Oh, no. You got to talk. No, no, no. Like. If, if no, it's like, y'all, if it's y'all, maybe. But I can't play online because I got a real foul mouth and I play really late and my daughter sleeps. And then the shit gets absurd. So I don't. Yeah, but don't you, do you can't play without communication on Warzone. So like shit. the other team doesn't hear you. So it's just us that hears you. But yeah, you gotta like do call outs and be like, "Yo, you're here. Yeah, you need some I, money. You I gotta know. do a buyback." Like if I die and you don't buy me back, then I'm just tight and I would be angrily texting you from the gulag. Well, which this is all stuff you'll understand after we start playing. Um, yeah, before we get too deep into Call of Duty talk, uh, we got to end the segment because we got boxing to talk about. Wow. <laughs> before we go, though, we've been doing lists like every other show, which is great because I love these. And uh, people seem very receptive to them. So top five video games of all time, which is tough. We've been going top yeah. four. I got to get five. I'll give you my list. I couldn't even narrow it down to five. I gave six. Number five is a tie, so I had to cheat. Number one, easy, Ocarina of Time is my number one game ever. Hmm. Ever, ever, ever. Like, that Zelda game is perfection. Um, I mean, you get a horse. You can just open riot. <laughs> like, it was an open map to just ride your horse and just chill. That shit was way before its time. And then Halo 2 is after that. Um, I don't know, maybe Halo 3. Nah, fuck it, Halo 2. Halo 2 is after that. And then 3, the NCAA football franchise. If I had to choose, I think NCAA football 13 is the best. That was a dope but game. NCAA football franchise is 3. GoldenEye is 4. And 5, my tie, is between the Pokemon franchise... 
If I have to go, of course, I'm going red and blue. Or WWE No Mercy. God, No Mercies. Yo. That I can play No Mercy for four years straight. I go back and play it now. Between creating players, um, setting up your match types, all that shit. Like, I, I do exactly what you do in Fire Pro. Dude. Like, I could create everything. The movesets were incredible. This shit's crazy. You saw the creator of uh, No Mercy is now on board for the AEW game. I can't wait. The graphics don't even look great. Don't don't need don't to. It care. looks like No Mercy. No. Yep, I don't even care. It looks like the graphics haven't been updated at all since 99, and I'm okay with that. I can't wait. Let's see. What are my five favorite games? I've played too many games. Um, The Metal Gear Solid series. Okay. Uh, Probably, man, Snake Eater is so incredible. Might be Snake Eater. Even the four and and one were really good. Sons of Liberty was dope. But I'll just put the whole series since you did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean... For a series like that, it's odd to hear you say that over GTA and over Final Fantasy. Continue. Yeah. No. I have to. Because um, Metal Gear Solid was the espionage and just the, the crazy shit you can do is incredible. <laughs> it's, a, it's a thinking man's game. Yeah. That's why you like it. Um, All right. The NBA 2K series, specifically, what is it? what year was that? The year with Jordan. Oh, Ooh, okay. Yeah, because them, them Jordan accomplishments, they... Just turned the game upside down. That was the best iteration of that game. I'm going to play this new one, but I love 2K because I'm just addicted to it. MLB I love that the show. first Kobe one. The first Kobe mm, one. Was yeah, that was a good one too. Uh, MLB The Show because I just enjoy baseball way too much and I play way too many hours in this game. Especially yeah. Jose Abreu just got MVP today, so yeah. <laughs> um, and that's two sports games. I usually don't put sports games there. Metal Gear Solid. Last of Us series would have to be sitting there then. Um... And then this gets dicey because it, be, it comes between Final Fantasy VII, and the remake was incredible, but it's only part of the story. Uh, Persona Five. Um, Persona Five. I've yes. never even played Persona. Oh, Persona Five is incredible. Um, GTA Five. Yeah, the GTA series is incredible in itself. San Andreas yeah, but- was super dope. GTA 5 is the best one. Yeah, but G- yeah, GTA 5 is just absurd. The things that you can do with that game. Um, God, I've never seen this Persona 5 joint, but man, it looks crazy. I love, it looks like a crazy anime. Yeah, it's pretty. that's pretty much what it is. Like, when my daughter was born, I sank 100 hours into Persona 5. Because that game is extraordinarily long. Yo, this dude looks like Tuxedo Mask. Yes. The main character. Yo, it's... I might be all in on this. So good. <laughs> and then one other game that's like right on the outskirts is Breath of the Wild, Zelda. Um, that I was surprised... I wasn't even surprised. Because I heard how good the game was and I got it on Switch. And then when I was traveling a lot with the zone, I would just take it on flights with me. And I was just mm-hmm. like, yo, this, there's so much shit you can do in Breath of the Wild. It's If you haven't bought a Switch, you can buy a Switch just for that game. It is that good. All right. I mean, if we went Zelda series, Zelda would be the number one series of all time. No. I can see why, though. People love it. I get it. But it's not mine. Yeah, Wind Waker, Breath of the Wild, Orcarina of Time. Like, it's hard to top those three games. Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, dude, I'm not, I'm not going to even argue with it. Because I love GTA, the Grand Theft Auto series. It never really fit. Because even fucking Vice City, the, the 87. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If they did a remaster of Vice City and San Andreas for the PS5, oh, I'd lose my fucking mind. I'm surprised you had no fighting games on there. Because none of them are good. I mean, they're good, but like the, the UFC games, no. Um, no, like arcade-style fighters. Like, nah. Mm-mm. In I, terms of series, like... Street Fighter? Street Fighter. I, Marvel vs. Capcom. 
might go in there. Like, they're not in my, some shit. Yeah, they're not in my top. Like, again, I like games that are... I'm a very focused on single-player games. Even when I play, like, okay. MLB The Show and NBA 2K, I'm focused on, like, seasons and shit. Yeah. So it's hard for me to get into, like... The stories, even though I like to play them, and I wore myself out. Like, I'm a Street Fighter guy. Not a Mortal Kombat, not a Killer Instinct, not a Tekken, none of that shit. I'm a Street Fighter guy. And I love the game, but it won't crack my top ten. Okay. Nah, not mad at that. Not mad at that at all. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed us nerding out, because this is what happens when they drop two systems in a week. And the old man cops them both. I'm waiting to the holiday season to get mine, because my kids don't get here until then. So, when they get here, it's cool to have those under the tree, and they'd be like, blah, 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 they unwrap them. And then I make them sad by saying, yeah, they're not going back to Kansas City with you. They are staying with me, but you guys get to play them when you're here. So, (laughs) (laughs) this is the type of father I am, dad of the year. You guys stay right there, though. When we come back, we got to touch on boxing, tons to talk about there, and then wrap up the show with MMA. So, you guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, we'll get back to the show in one second. But first, even though sports had a break, your business did it. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools for you to make your search that much easier. Those tools include sponsor jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. All right, we are back and we are talking boxing to kick off this segment. I swear we could talk video games for like an entire show and not run out of material. But we have to do what pays the bills, and that is the squared circle. So, Drake, talk to me about your boy Canelo. Last time we talked about him, about a week ago, got his free agency, he's running around. It looked for a point where it looked like he was going to take a fight and challenge someone from across the line, right? So it looked like we're going to get him versus Caleb Plant. Seems to have fallen through. You never know, though. Nothing's final yet. And he's gone right back home? All reports are saying that he's setting up a fight against Callum Smith, which won't be a pay-per-view if you ask Eddie Hearn, and he's gone on record saying this, which would mean it's right back on the zone. Is this just a cut? Oscar out like I'm wondering it'd be like yo you want to cut my check that's cool I just want the full check now and just give me what you're going to give me plus Oscar's cut the golden boy would have got and we call it a deal so first and foremost 
I don't know if this is actually happening. So I'm speaking merely on speculation. But the first, the correct answer is yes. Canelo is absolutely <laughs> sticking it to Oscar by doing this. Um, if you follow the paper trail with the lawsuit, Canelo's entire situation was him not getting a fight. But he also mentioned that he never really saw the contract that Golden Boy had with the zone, which was mm. in, really problematic. So. By him leaving, like, look, the Caleb Plant fight's not happening in December. December, It's too soon. They don't have enough time to promote it. We have no idea what's going on with COVID. That could fuck everything up even more because oh, yeah. clearly people are just like, fuck it. I'm just going to go outside and get sick. Like, it's getting closer and closer to home now, too. I've got, like, close family and friends that are getting sick, which means I'm locking myself down. I have a PS5 and Xbox, so I'm good. <laughs> um, but it makes a lot of sense for him to fight Callum Smith on the zone in December, to, to one, stay busy, two, collect a 68-pound uh, uh, title, and three, fight Caleb Plant on Cinco de Mayo. That makes all the sense in the world, but he has to fight now. Yeah. So it's, it really comes down to how much is Matchroom going to pay him to fight Callum Smith, right? Because obviously, Eddie Hearn believes that Callum Smith would have a chance. Um, then it comes down to whether... It'll be a DAZN fight in the U.S., but it may not be a DAZN fight in the U.K. because Matchroom also has a deal with Sky Sports, which hosts their pay-per-views. So if you ever notice, when Anthony Joshua fights, he's on DAZN everywhere else, even in, especially because we're going global. But in, in the U.K., it's still on Sky Sports pay-per-view, which isn't much because Sky Sports pay-per-view is like 20 bucks, So it's not a big deal. Oh, I thought it was like $9. They get the best deals over there. They do. But with that being said... Canelo could maybe get a cut of the pay-per-view plus a flat rate to fight on the zone and cut Golden Boy completely out, which means Golden Boy would get nothing. This is Well, they'd have to fill the undercard, right? I mean, Matchroom would fill the undercard. True. Either that or this this is again. It's weird, but if it's in Texas, you would assume that's the other thing. It's going to be in Texas by all reports. So Matchroom filling the card gets a little more difficult, but I get it. Well, you'd have to assume that who knows what's going to happen with Ryan Garcia. But you feel yeah. like Ryan's going wherever Canelo goes. And Ryan would ask to be on this card, especially now that the Luke Campbell fight's been postponed. If Campbell's cleared to fight in mid-December, you would think that Ryan would want to be Canelo's co-main event. Yep. So that would make the most sense. I mean, and then Matchroom could put anybody in the goddamn undercard. I mean, Billy Josant, they've pretty much stacked the card. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like Alexander Povetkin will be able to fight until hopefully January next year uh, against yeah, Dillian White. he was hospitalized with yeah. the Rona, right? Like, it seemed to be a pretty severe case. Yeah, it seems like everything else from Matchroom is pretty stacked. Demetrius Andrade. Um, Daniel Jacobs, Katie Taylor fights on tomorrow, on Saturday. Tomorrow, tomorrow. yeah. It's Saturday. Well, Saturday. whenever you fuck you guys are listening to this, it's Saturday. Um, so it seems like everybody else, Cecilia Brockus, everybody's going to be booked and busy. So I don't know who else they'll fill this with. But again, you have Callum Smith and Canelo, and that's good enough for zone subscribers to be like, oh, yeah, I'll keep my subscription for this fight. And then Canelo just goes, you know what? I'm going to fight on Showtime pay-per-view against Caleb Plant on Cinco de Mayo. And that's, it feels like that is the fight that makes the most sense. And it gives them a ton of time to build towards it. No, I agree. That's way smarter than rushing into the pay-per-view. So I definitely agree with that. I wouldn't mind seeing the, the Breco-McCaskill rematch on that card. Um, if you could swing it. But I think Cecilia has just been chilling. 
Yeah, I mean, she so wants that's to fight. A quick camp. I think. I think that's. No, I, I, she wants the rematch. It's just I, I don't think she's been in any type of camp. So to tell her to be ready in four or five weeks is rough. Which, yeah, you're right. But I think what you're saying makes a ton of sense because you'd love to have a McCaskill Brokers fight on the in like even in the co-main event spot of yep. a Canelo fight to give these women some shine because. Women's boxing, man, we're getting to the point now where it's getting kind of ridiculous. Like, the UFC has women headlining routinely, whereas women boxers, you never see women boxers headlining a big major pay-per-view with men's boxers underneath. Granted, there's a DAZN card this weekend that's a triple header of women champions in the UK with Katie Taylor headlining. But, again, that's not as big as, like, seeing, you know, doing a card and having, like, David Lemieux on the undercard of a... Clarissa uh, Shields fight. Shields fight. You know, yeah. th- that's what she I mean, and which it should be. Like, the talent level is there now. It's really filling out that division. They, they are fine in terms of the talent to main event stuff in, in women's boxing. It's one, the rules hurt them a lot. The fact that they can't get three minute rounds and 12 round title fights hurts because in MMA, they give women a fair shake, the exact same rules, and they put on a, a show equal or sometimes better than the men's. Right. Um, I mean, one of our fights of the year this year was Joanna versus uh, Weili Zhang. Yeah. That still might like be that, fight of the year for me. I'll have to watch it I again. Think, yeah, and I mean, that fight was incredible. So you look at that, it's and they went all 25, beating the hell out of each other all 25. So you can't look at that and say, well, box female boxers can't take the punishment that these two take. Like, what do you mean? That's 25 minutes of blood and beatings. Joanna looked like the, the elephant man by the end of it. Word. And she was winning. She was winning the, the end rounds. I, I gave the fight to Joanna. And she looked unrecognizable by the end of that fight. You can't tell me, you know, 36 minutes is going to be too, too much crazy, especially when you get breaks more frequent in between. So... Yeah, I, I don't know. The the rules are what hurt them most. I think we'd see Shields with more knockouts. We'd see Taylor maybe with more knockouts, but definitely with exciting fights because she goes in there, and she's not scared of being hit. Not at all. There's no sweet science with Katie Taylor. So you, you get that real good, like, yo, she's going to give us a brawl every time. And then you look at, like, Amanda Serrano might not have any decision wins if you gave her three-minute rounds. No. That girl can crack. Because her hands are crazy. So you you have these things like, yo, it's time. And I agree with you. I think it's time, one, to change that, two, for them to be headlining. And that starts by giving them high-profile co-main slots. The fact that even if it's just a mandatory, Clarissa Shields has like eight belts. You could find a mandatory fight, and you could have stuck her on that Gervonta Davis card as a co-main. Right. Charlo's brother pay-per-view as a co-main to one of those. There's no reason she couldn't fight one of her mandatories on those cards. You would like to think so. Like, it's ridiculous. She's sitting at home to have her doing nothing. So it's, it's ridiculous. I don't know. Women's boxing needs to be fixed by the promoters and the networks. Shout out to DAZN. I love what DAZN has been doing this year. I mean, since return from COVID, I think they've had six cards headlined by women yeah they all been damn That's good damn good um the Cecilia one especially in nashville yep where they were outside that shit was beautiful I loved 
that setup. So DAZN's doing that right, definitely. Um, when it comes to going forward with Canelo, you, you mentioned the Caleb Plant option, which is a great option for single the mile. And you go back to pay-per-view, so that's also huge. Canelo's only 30. How long do you see him? Do you see him becoming like the next Mayweather? Where from 30 to 36, and I'm not talking about wins and losses. I'm talking 30 to 36. You look ahead in five years, he's getting 250 a fight. Um, 250 mil, like, cashing out. No, and the only reason why is because he refuses to do things in English. I think that's like the biggest thing that holds him back. He's got a massive crowd. He is arguably boxing's top, well, he's boxing's top draw. Yep. But he's he, there's a whole chunk of pie that he keeps leaving on the table every time he fights. Because he doesn't, like, granted, Floyd handled business completely different. He never really had sponsors. Um, but he was a celebrity in his own right. Canelo is a celebrity in Mexico. But wouldn't it be nice to see him, like, make a cameo on, like, The Masked Singer? Or, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. do a Foot Locker commercial, right? Or just anything. Dancing with the stars. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, like, You don't got to speak English to dance. They got to get creative. Dude, that's, like, that's what they got to do. You got to get creative. And I've said this before. I spent time with Canelo. He speaks English. He doesn't like how he sounds. He understands yeah. everything you're saying. He just I understand that completely because for years I was like that with Spanish. I understand everything. I can speak Spanish, and I hate my accent when I speak Spanish, and it bothered me. It wasn't until three years ago, um, I think I was interviewing Canelo, and I decided to do the interview in Spanish to make him feel comfortable. And then I was like, it's stupid that I don't like my voice. Yeah, so that's, that's what's been holding him back. But now we're at a point where if he's going to be his own promoter, and he wants to make Mayweather money, and and the other thing is Canelo's like he doesn't have Mayweather's mentality. He's not a business first guy. This guy really wants to be the best fighter that's ever lived. Like Floyd yep. wants to be TBE. Canelo wants to be pound for pound the greatest boxer that's ever walked the planet. So that means he wants all the tough fights. So when people get excited about a Jorge Masvidal fight, Canelo's looking at that like get the fuck out of here. Like I don't want to do that shit. But no. granted, if they pay him enough, maybe. But he's he's not of that cut of that claw. So. I think that's the only thing that's holding him back. I think he's going to fight twice a year. He's going to fight on f- both Mexican holidays. He has a free agent. He'll fight everybody. He'll make a ton of money. I just don't think he'll make Floyd money. Mm. Okay. I, I see him, not just because of inflation either, but I see him getting up to the 200, 250 range. He could. I mean, it's just. Or fight. Who can it's fight? all the dance partner, though, right? Yeah. that That's the key. Like, you got to have the right dance partner. Um I would say in three years, I could see him fighting Edgar Berlanga on Cinco de Mayo and that shit doing stupid numbers. You just got to hope that Berlanga remains as good as advertised for that long. Yeah. I mean, I don't see that kid slowing down. (laughs) I really don't. But Berlanga will have to have, like, you know, dependent. Canelo can knock off the people before Berlanga gets there. So Berlanga's road could be a lot easier, right? So you look at um, Caleb Plant. Looks like Canelo could knock him off before he gets there. Um, Benavides probably got a date with Canelo on one of these Mexican holidays. Yeah, probably. That's a pretty good sell right there. You know, a Triple G rematch, I'm sure we would get. Maybe Triple G will be interested in going up to 168. 
So there's there's big fights there for him. Triple G on pay-per-view might do some numbers still. Even though he beats the hell out of Triple G now, I think. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of young kids that can challenge. I mean, seven years ago, Canelo was just 23 and fighting right. Floyd. So a, a lot changes quick. And, and you get these guys. The U.K. boxing scene is crazy. I'm sure there'll be another huge name coming up. Who says Canelo doesn't dare to be great and fight, I don't know, Alexander Usyk at 205? <laughs> I mean, you don't right? know. Yeah, you're like, right. like some wild shit. Like, what if Usyk ends up with two heavyweight titles and Canelo's like, yo, I'll meet you at 205. Let's get it. Yeah. I mean, because you're I, not a huge heavyweight. <laughs> I don't see it, but you know, you never know with Canelo. You never, you never know. He's a, you know, that rare breed, that Roy Jones. That um, I saw the other day because I did it on this day for Ringside, and it was the on this day of Sugar Ray Leonard, and I completely forgot about this. I had known this stat like randomly, but he went up and won a light heavyweight title. Yeah, yes, he did. And I was like, what? Yep. Just randomly. Because he got the right dance partner. Yep. And I was like, well, all right, whatever. Let me go grab this. That's a long way for middleweight. It sure is. But like, and he wasn't even a real middleweight. No. What, is a junior middle? Yeah, I mean, he was really like Welter. His, yeah, his best weight was probably Welter. But you could stretch it for junior middleweight. He won a light heavyweight title. That's insane. That's like Errol Spence tomorrow being like, you know what? I think I could beat. You know, one of the champions that light heavyweight, not better BF, but who else got a belt? And it's like, I can beat them. Let me go do this. Like, that shit happens. You just jump 40 pounds and be like, yo, let's get it. So you never know. Canelo could do that. He can fight better BF. Yeah. What if better BF is undisputed? Canelo's like, yo, I want all those. It's very possible. And I, I'm going to go on record here. And there's a couple of things that I've talked about on this podcast. And, I don't, you know, you guys know I don't like to be wrong. I was wrong about Canelo. <laughs> Like, if you remember early in this podcast, I was like, I'm not really sure about Canelo. I don't think he's that yeah. good. I thought Triple G was going to beat the shit out of him. None of these things have happened. And to be fair, you weren't wrong about that because Triple G yeah, won know. the first fight. I know. Well, you put a caveat to it. Our caveat on the show has always been Canelo might lose now, but the longer it goes, Canelo will beat him in the long run. Yeah. But the thing is, is that he's much better than I thought he'd ever be. Oh, hands down. Like I I never saw him being this good defensive. Yeah, like his his defensive prowess and his punch placement and his just his footwork, like everything about him has gotten so much better. And I know people like to say we're about to talk about Bud Crawford now that Lomachenko's out of the picture, you know, his number one pound for pound, but I don't think it's close with Canelo and Bud. Just because of what our boy Corey Erdman wrote, strength of schedule. Like Canelo has the names on his resume. You know, yeah. he beat Daniel Jacobs. It's not like Daniel Jacobs is some bum. He's only lost to two no. people, Triple G and Canelo. Yeah, um, and the Triple G fight was close. Uh, that was razor thin. You know, and Arisandi Lara, he's no walk in the park. It's not fun fighting, especially that version of Cuban Arisandi Lara. Nope. nope. He only lost to Floyd. Again, that's like Bud beating Gamboa. People are like, oh, he only beat. There's no one on his resume. Like Gamboa was a different Gamboa back then. Which get, we'll get talk about. I, like people have been disrespecting Gamboa, like he's just been getting killed by everybody, and it's not no. true. The guy has four losses. One, I would argue, was kind of a sham. 
I think we were at that fight in Vegas. He lost to some guy he had no business losing to. Then he lost to Bud Tank. And then now we'll talk about, you know, the fight this past weekend. And he's still game at 38. Yeah, it's crazy. They, they, so, yeah, people disrespect, and we'll talk about this same thing when we get to Kel Brook. Like, people are real disrespectful looking back at the resumes on when you beat someone. Yeah. Not if you beat someone, when you beat someone. Because, again, Canelo had Shane Mosley on his resume. Yeah, it was. Is that? He was a wash Shane. The same though. Yeah, yeah, he was not a wash. the same Shane. So, again, it's when you beat someone, not who you beat someone. So, I agree. Canelo's my pound for pound number one fighter. But I will say this. Bud has finished 10 of his last 12 fights. All have been championship fights. Finishing 10 out of 12 championship fights while also collecting an undisputed title and then holding a welterweight title is extremely impressive. Bud hasn't had a close fight within those 12. No, he hasn't. It's strength of schedule. If you, if not even schedule. So you, you take schedule means what is on paper, Right. When you take the paper out of it and you do the eye test, Canelo lost to Triple G that first fight. And if you don't think he lost and even want to give him a draw, or if you want to say he barely won, he struggled. The second fight, he struggled against Triple G. I had that one to draw. Some people thought Triple G won that, but hasn't had close fights. Say what you want. He hasn't had close fights. Canelo, Lara's a great name. People thought Lara might have edged that out. I thought Canelo won. But, you know, barely won. Tough test. Bud hasn't had tough test. Bud has demolished everyone. There is no closeness. There is no, well, Canelo lost to Floyd. Who can't? There is no losses on Bud. There's no close fights. There's no, oh, Oscar paid someone. Or Adelaide Bird, what the hell were you watching? There's none of that. When it comes to Canelo, there's no, or excuse me, to Crawford, there's no asterisk. There's no debate if someone ever stepped into the ring with Bud Crawford and beat him. Ever. He's watched everyone. Canelo has those doubts. He has those asterisks. So if you don't want to put him at number one, you won't put Crawford at number one, I understand it. Because not on paper, not final end of the day, boxing math, Boxing, judges, none of that shit. You watch one, you watch the other. You say, this guy has not been touched while collecting major titles. Not like he's been fighting non-title fights. Seven straight years of nothing but title fights. And no one's come close to him when Canelo has been tested. And, and gifted fights by many accounts. I am okay with Bud being number one pound for pound. Mm. Strength of schedule. I'm going to stick that's, to that. That's paper. You and Adelaide Bird. Adelaide Bird put that on paper, my man. No, but what I'm saying, fight. But what I'm saying is. We saw that fight, Dre. Did he what I'm saying, fight? here's what I'm saying. When Canelo fought Triple G, it yeah. was arguably, Triple G was arguably either the number two or number one pound for pound fighter in the world. That's fine. Then take your loss to number one, number two pound for well, this, pound. Because guess what? With that loss, Canelo's not number one now. But that's, again, this is why I'm saying strength of schedule. Terrence Crawford hasn't fought a top 10 pound for pound fighter. No. That's why, that's what hurts him. He's, he's incredible. I think he looks amazing. And it's like, remember that year that Boise State was destroying everybody? Yes, yes. 
And it was just like, well, shit, who the fuck are they playing? Eventually, you got to play somebody to prove it. And yeah. but it's unfortunate because it's not his fault. He just he hasn't had a chance to fight those top welterweights. I can't put him ahead of Canelo until I see him against I mean, he one of everyone at one forty. Yeah, but, but again, I mean, you can argue what ended up being of those people. Yeah, like, who, but at the time they were pretty. I mean, I did dog, but wasn't fucking a slouch. I'm just saying, like, you read through. None of these guys were pound for pound guys. Victor Posta mm-hmm. was the the closest pound for pound guy at the time when he beat him, and he watched yep. him. But yeah, can, and that's his only decision in the last eleven yeah, fights. But other than that, like Canelo has fought the elite, and it's this is just not Bud's fault. There's nothing Bud no. can do about it, and it sucks. I like that argument. Again, that's why I give it to Canelo, because on paper, strength of schedule matters, and on paper, he won those fights, and that is why he's number one pound for pound. But if there's an argument for something more than what's on paper, I can give Canelo two losses right now, one Mayweather, one to Triple G, a draw to Triple G the second time, and say, all right, you got... You, whatever the fuck he is, he'd be like 51-2-1. and one. And that's not better than Bud. He's still top three fighter right now, if you ask me. Even with that, if, if that was his resume. But, yeah, I, I I would say, no, you're behind Bud. Probably two. So, it's, it's, it's a different game. Errol Spence, like, we saw you tested by Sean Porter. Right? Like, that, that was down to the nitty gritty. Yeah. We saw you tested by Sean. We've seen you in tough fights. But again, Terrence Crawford hasn't fought anybody like Sean Porter. Well, now he's about to because he's fighting a guy who beat Sean Porter. Yeah, but this is a different version of, of Kell Brook. All right. I mean, we, we'll talk about that in a sec. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, it's a Kell Brook who went up, dared to be great, got an eye socket broken, came down immediately after losing 13 pounds to make weight again. It's never a good formula. Lost. Took rounds for both of those guys, by the way. He opened up the Triple G fight looking okay. Opened up the Spence fight looking okay. His eye sockets gave out. Talked to him today. He was like, listen, I got plates in both eye sockets now. I'm like the Terminator. This shit's full with metal. They're not going to break again. So now what's going to happen? He's like, because I've, I've never been stopped outside of my eyes breaking. I never quit. I've never been knocked out cold. He said, my eyes shattered. He's like, it's not a possibility anymore. So now what? I was like, oh, fuck. Well, Bud might be catching up at the wrong time. Because maybe your brittle face is no longer brittle. Like, now it's reinforced by steel. So if he breaks that, then now we're having a whole different discussion. So are we talking so, about this fight now? Um, Yeah, I mean, we don't really got any. You want to talk about Haney or do you want to just jump in? All right, no, we'll talk about Devin Haney. Let's talk about it. All right, let's get into Devin Haney then. So we have Haney, and he goes out, fights the previously mentioned Yuriokis Gamboa, who is now 38. We saw him fight against Tank, which was a really good fight for him. On one leg, because, wait, he tore his Achilles or something. Yes, in the second round. In the second round. Fought on that, and Tank got him out there in the 10th, but it wasn't even that devastating. The man was on one leg. 12th round. 12th round. The man was on one leg. Incredible. Tank just nearly got that stoppage. And Gamboa was doing his thing and probably might have took five rounds from Tank. Good fight by Gamboa. And then now turns around, healthy, and goes the distance with Haney. Gamboa, one, I don't think is that washed. What Terrence Crawford did to him is an anomaly. Knocking a man down four times in a fight, stopping him and 
put them on every highlight reel you got. But even with that being said, Haney was expected to do more because of what we just saw from Teofimo. What we just saw from Tank Davis. And I feel like no fault of his own. Haney fought a smooth fight. He really didn't get touched. He used more defense than offense this fight. But that's not what people showed up to see. And I think that hurt him overall. Yeah, so boxing's very weird. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business. And there were people that were coming for you like, oh, you're just on Team Haney. Devin Haney just pitched a shutout against Yuriokas Gamboa. Yeah. That's not bad, right? Yes, he wanted a knockout. A lot of guys want knockouts. But I think a lot of people, when you watch this fight, you notice in about round three, Gamboa realized that Devin Haney's a lot longer than he thought, and he couldn't get around the jab. And he stopped just throwing punches, and he fought to kind of yeah. survive. And there was nothing that Devin could really do about that. Now, people will go, well, Tank gets people out of here, blah, blah, blah. Listen, man, I'm not taking anything away from Tank, but the fact remains that he fought a Leo Santa Cruz that was, had no business in that weight class. He's too small. And he still gave Javante hell early in that fight. Well, at least Javante, I'll give Javante credit for meeting him halfway. To me... Santa Cruz at 26er. Javante could have fought him at 35 and really just bullied him. You're absolutely right. You know, he fought him at 130. He, he met him halfway. That's I tip my cap to that. Because yes, we didn't know if Javante could make 130. He could have. He was the A side. He could have been like, yo, we're at 135. Take it or leave it. But tip his hat. He, he went down to 130. And you're absolutely right. And This is not a slight on Javante whatsoever. It's just fighters are different. Javante is a seek and destroy fighter. And mm-hmm. he will give away a couple of rounds. And he, to set up what he wants to get, which was in the Santa Cruz fight, was the uppercut. In the, in the Gamboa fight, also was the uppercut. He'll give up ground to get there because he's confident in his chin and his power. Haney's more of a technical fighter. And he's a guy that uses his jab and his boxing ability. Yeah, he wants to knock people out, but he's not going to be able to knock everybody out. And I, somebody was like, well, it sucks for the business boxing. And I was like, you're right. Because he's on the, the wrong end of this, the, the fearsome foursome of the lightweights right now, right? Yep. Tiafimo beat Lomachenko. Uh, uh, Tank nuked Leo Santa Cruz. And Ryan Garcia is like, predictably for a lot of people, is the cash cow of the division. Everybody wants to fight Ryan Garcia. And he's got two first-round knockouts. Whereas Danny, Devin is not as marketable as any of them right now because he's a black fighter, which is facts. I'm just laying it out there. He doesn't have... The huge social media following, even though it's strong, and he's not like a knockout artist. And I compared him to Floyd, and people were like, "Well, you had to be pretty for it to become money." And I was like, "Yeah, I get that, but y'all also forget that Devin Haney's twenty-two goddamn years old." Yeah, like he I just mean, turned twenty-two. To be fair, Floyd was roofing people at twenty-two years. But old. Floyd, Floyd, Floyd was crushing people, and he started at what one thirty? Yeah, and he moved his so way. It's not up. like he's far off well, what, from where Haney is now. What I'm saying is. Like, when Floyd fought Gennaro Hernandez, Floyd was 22 or 23 when he won his first world title. And he was beating the shit out of people along the way. Then his hands got brittle. Then he fought a different style. And then every, and this is where my comparison starts. Every time Floyd went to a decision and Manny would blow somebody up, people said Manny would kill Floyd. And I was like, you guys don't watch boxing. Even though Floyd isn't knocking people out, he is dominating fights. And styles make fights. And when Manny and Floyd fight, I called it from the beginning, Floyd's going to school Manny. Because he, just the science of boxing, his technical know-how is going to be too much for Manny to deal with. 
I think it's very similar with Devin Haney in that sense. He may not knock anybody out, but he's going to be held to deal with in a 12-round fight because he's not going to fold, and he knows how to box. And he's really good at boxing. So, no, he didn't get what he wanted out of the Gamboa fight. And it might work out to his benefit because there could be guys like Gary Russell Jr. that look at Devin Haney and say, because the problem is, Devin's still got a title. So you still have to fight him at some point if you want to be undisputed in this division. So you have to come to him. It may not be fun. It may not be the fight that you want. But eventually, things will change for Devin. It may not happen right now. But I think, I said before I felt like he had the most upside about, of those fighters. I might be wrong. I don't know because Tiafimo looks amazing. But he's not a guy like when people say that like Tank will run him over. I don't see that. I don't see anybody in this. I don't see any of these four fighters dominating the other. I don't see it yet. I will say until I see Ryan Garcia against Luke Campbell, Ryan Garcia is probably on the back end of this four in terms of skill right now. Because I need to see him in a dogfight because before those two knockouts, he looked a little shaky, but but then, you know, he got with Chepo and everything has changed. So he might look amazing yeah. against Luke Campbell. But I think none of these four guys, I don't think there's a big gap of skill between them. They're all different, and they're all great in their own ways. People just got to chill out and lay, lay off of Devin Haney. And he's not washed. He's not a bum. He's not, not in their level. He's just not as big as a star as Javante. But all it takes is fighting one of those fuckers. And if he beats them, everything changes. Who would be the easiest to challenge? Because you said he's the cash cow. Everyone wants him. Uh, so he who? has his pick. For Ryan. Not for Haney. Who would, it, who would be the easiest? Yeah. I don't know, man. Because I, I don't think... All right, let's say Haney beats Teofimo. Maybe it makes him a bigger star. He beats Trevante. A little bigger star than that. He beats Ryan Garcia. I think it makes him the biggest star possible. Because I think Ryan has the biggest following. He does, I mean, like, by a country mile. Motherfucker has almost yeah. 8 million Instagram followers. Even in boxing, not even the casual, stupid teenage girls who just like to follow him for model-esque looks. Even in boxing, I think people are captivated by him. Yes. I mean, listen, I talked to Ryan last week. And <laughs> Ryan, I, like, I've interviewed him a ton of times. I've hung out with him. And he's, like, I look at him as a kid. I just can't help it. Like, cause he, yeah, he looks like he looks kid. like a kid. Every time I talk to him, yeah. And you know, he's yeah. he knows his TikTok and his Instagram. Like, he understands this shit. It's a science for him. And we were talking, and he was like, he's, he noticed that Devin had said, "Why would I fight Ryan? All I gained from him is Instagram followers." And I asked Ryan that, and he was like, "Yeah, but you want those Instagram followers?" He was like, "Cause eight, he was like, I make more money on social media and everything else that I'm doing than boxing right now." And I was like, damn. Cause, Facts. And he just did like the Fenty thing with Rihanna. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like in every YouTube video that he appears in does like over a million in like a day. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, it's not really about titles if you fight Ryan Garcia. The only thing that Ryan needs to be careful of is losing. And even if he loses, it won't be a big deal. He just can't lose no. to somebody he's not supposed to lose to. He, That's the key. He can lose to a Tank <laughs> Davis and be fine. He can lose to a Devin yeah. Haney. Eh, and be fine. He could lose to Tiafimo, and they'll be like, all right, that's fine. But if he loses to Luke Campbell, this, this ship gets derailed real quick. Agreed. I, I think, and we're talking about these young kids fighting each other. I think now the perfect fight for one of these young kids 
is Lomachenko. Because you can still lose to Loma. And you'd be like, okay, he's still Lomachenko. But if you beat Lomachenko better than Teofimo did, that's in like stopping Lomachenko. If you feel like, okay, he's over the hill, I want to go next. Then that's one hell of a statement. Still. But it's a guy that you can lose to and people won't like crush you for it. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I guess you're right. I just I think, think Lomachenko is not going to be at 35 anymore. I think he's at 30. I think the person that's going to that end makes it a lot tougher. Well, Shakur is going to that's going to be the person who end up fighting. That it'll yeah, be him and it's definitely Shakur. in a year. But 35, uh, like Loma has no business at 35 with somebody like Tiafimo who probably end up at 40. So yep, it's 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 a good time for this entire division. This division is turning into what welterweight is right now. Agreed. I think, I mean, give or take, I think all of these guys end up at 147 sooner or later anyway. Yeah. They're, they're going to be what welterweight is now at welterweight because they're 21, 22, and 23. It's unbelievable. So by the time they're 30, they're going to pretty much all settle in at 147. And if we don't get those matchups now, we'll get them in the next seven years, I think. Well, if Ryan hangs around, like Ryan is still, every time I talk, I'm like, Ryan, you still think about retiring in five years? He's like, yes. Still? He's, yeah. The, every time I hear him say it, that five years, he gets one year older, but he still says five well, years. Well, it's only been a year since he said it. That's when I talked to him last year about it. And I, actually, I was the one who broke that news with him. But the, the thing is with Ryan, and the reason why he says five years is this. Which I, I keep telling him, like, dog, it's not going to happen like this. And he gives me shit every time. He's like, yes, it is. I'm like, no, it's not. He's like, I can fight everybody I want to fight in the next five years, which would be Tank, Tiafimo, Devin, and whoever else there is. Before it was Lomachenko. I was like, Ryan, you act like nobody else is going to show up. And I was like, yeah. you keep saying these names, but you act like there's not going to be another Ryan Garcia in four years that's knocking down. Like, let's just say you beat all those guys. There's going to be somebody... That people are going to be like, oh, Ryan, look, like a Shakur Stevenson. And then, yep. dude, you're not going to retire in five years. I just don't believe it. And he's like, okay, you'll see. So every time I talked to Ryan, I said, I was like, it was still five years, right? And he's like, yes. He's like, four now. And I'm like, all right, cool. I don't believe you. No. I mean, we're, we're having a whole new crop of Olympians show up next year. Yeah. People who just didn't turn pro, who are 20, 21, 22, that specifically just want medals in the Olympics, which would have been pros now, except the Olympics got delayed. So next summer, we're going to get flooded with guys coming out of the Olympics. The next Loma. The next Shakur. The next everyone. Look how many people now who are challenging who were Olympians. Yeah. Diofimo. These people waited so they can challenge for Olympic medals. You're going to get a whole new wave of fighters that are as good as these guys now or better. And equally as young. They just didn't start fighting pro at 18 because that medal meant something to them. Yeah. So it's, yeah, no, no way. There's a whole new crop of people about to show up. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see where they go. But I, I think... Clearly, if we're ranking the four, Devin Haney's at fourth right now. Yes, he is at fourth. With that performance. He got some clawing to do. And then uh, Terrence Crawford versus Kell Brook. So we were talking about it earlier. We'll kind of wrap that up now. Is Brook being underrated heading into this fight? Yes. But 
because by you. <laughs> I explained my theory of the bionic face. See, I don't that that doesn't matter to me. Like, I think Terrence is still gonna wash him. But I think people forget that Kelbrook how big Kelbrook is. And I think people forget that Kelbrook is incredibly skilled. But the reason why I think Terrence is gonna beat him is that Kelbrook now knows how to lose. Bad. And those two knockouts to Errol and Gennady, it's not just your face, it's your ego. And it's when your brain says, here it comes again. Terrence Crawford is a finisher, a nasty, nasty finisher that once he smells blood, he doesn't take his foot off the gas. Kel Brook is going to fold in this fight at some point because mentally his, his, he'll think his face is bionic and all this shit, but that, none of that matters. Because it still hurts. You know what I'm saying? Like a plate, just because you have a plate in your head and your face, and you're like, oh, you can't break my orbital socket again, but I can break your nose. I can break your spirit. Because Terrence throws tons of punches from wild angles and in the most unique combinations. Like if you ever, I'm sure you do, but just the listener, if you watch Terrence throw combinations, the way he throws them with the same malice on the last punch as the first punch, a lot of fighters can't do that. And I think Kel will be a problem for Bud to figure out early. It'll take about three or four rounds. And also dealing with Kel's size. Because Kel's pretty, he's, he's a big dude. But I don't think he's going to know how to use his size. Because he used his size against Sean Porter. And he grabbed Sean Porter all night. And that's how he All beat. day. But Sean, you know, obviously his style being put his head down, put his face in your chest. Kind of allows to be great. Exactly. Terrence knows how to control distance. Yeah. Terrence has a five inch reach advantage. So you want to talk about size. Size and everything is great. Terrence has 74 inch arms compared to Kel Brooks' 69 inch arms. Right. So how is Kel? I don't know how Terrence got that reach. I, I don't know either. But so the question is how is Kel Brook going to get inside? And it's not a question of because a lot of people say, well, the small fighter has to get in on the large fighter. But the thing is, a lot of small fighters are really good at counter punching, which means they could take advantage of a long, longer fighter when they have to reach. But Terrence isn't that guy who's there to get counter punched. And I don't think Kel's reaction is going to be there to place his punches where he wants to or figure out when Terrence is done punching. That's the other thing about Terrence. You got to figure out when he's done. You can try to throw him between them, but it still leaves you open. It's not like Kel's an incredibly defensive guy. So I think that people are underestimating how good Kel Brook has been. And I think he could still beat a lot of 47-pound fighters. But I think if he gets crushed by Terrence Crawford, it's over. And this is the same thing I say with Gamboa. Skill-wise, I think they both still have it. It's kind of like the Zab Judah thing. Once the facade breaks, it's over. All Terrence has to do is break the facade. And he's going he's gonna to stop Kell Brook. That's tough because, again, Brook's spirit hasn't been broken. His face broke first. The, the face breaks so the spirit. I, I don't give a shit. The face, okay. like... I, I haven't seen him on the ground and be like, fuck, I don't want to get up. He's always gotten up, gone to the corner, and been like, yo, I think my face is broke. Yes. They feel, and they say, uh, you can't go anymore. Dude, but it, it's it's a feeling, man. It's, it's a feeling of, like, if, if Terrence wasn't a finisher, then i say, okay, well, Kel's got a chance. But Terrence is a finisher. Yeah, it's not a great matchup for Kelvin. No, it's, it's not like Terrence is going to look and say, oh, I don't want to hurt him. Like Manny, when he fought Margarito, even though he broke his eye socket, Manny was like, oh, I don't want to hurt him anymore. Terrence was like, well, yeah. I'm going to break your other eye socket. If you're not going to stop, I'm going to stop you. Yep. I mean, I agree with that. Keith Thurman would have been a better matchup, by the way. 
but Keith don't have no title. No. So it is what it is. But that's one hell of a fight. I think those two actually put together a little bit more uh, evenly matched fight. Before we give our uh, we'll give our predictions now. So what's your prediction for the fight? Terrence and eight. I'm going Terrence by decision. You think Hill's going to last? I think he lasts, which is shocking. Either he lasts or he's washed in three. <laughs> um, I like your prediction of eight. I'm going to go nine. And, and said eight. Terrence said to me today, he was like, listen, bigger fighters. He's like, I, I fought bigger guys before, so it's nothing to me. But it takes me three Two to three rounds, he said, to feel their strength and understand them, and then I can get loose. So me saying you you beat Broken Three would be crazy. But uh, he even thinks he needs three rounds to warm up. But I, I really do feel like this could go the distance. It's I don't want to call it a trap fight, but I think Kel Brook is extremely undervalued. I think... He's had a lot of time to heal from that. And I think moving up in weight and taking punches from Triple G at that point was a very bad decision. And then coming right back down in weight, which is the equivalent of 13, 15 pounds, and having to drain your body and then fight another bigger man anyway and getting your other eyesight. Like, it was just a bad formula for him. I think he can survive Bud, but he's not going to beat Bud. He'll survive 12 rounds. Yeah, I just, I think Kel's been talking a really good game, and Bud is not going to give a fuck about any of that when the bell rings. Bud don't give a fuck about anything. Yeah. Nah. Bud's going to try to take his head off. Um, and Bud will never say it, but I think Bud's going, Bud's going out to top what Errol did. Yes, of course he is. Think so, he doesn't know in what the he's back doing? Of his mind. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, he, he has a clock on it, and he wants to top what Errol did. Um, Interesting. I think Bud was on like um, Aka Barak or one of those shows uh, this past week. And they asked him, how long left do you have on your contract with Top Rank? He said a couple months. A max, you know, this year. And he said it. And they were like, so would you consider going over to, you know, PBC to just make those fights happen? And he was like, it's all about business he was like we'll worry about that when we get there but it's all about business do you see terrence crawford leaving topper and i'm an inside guy like i don't i don't know i don't have any inside info or i don't know what's going to happen um people have left top rank before obviously but i i don't know if bud is one of those guys because i don't know how pbc markets him any better outside of possibly getting him the Spence fight. But even with that, there's no guarantee. Manny went from top rank to PBC, and everyone thought, oh, my God, he's going to fight Errol Spence. It's four years later. Yeah, but see, Manny, that shit Manny wasn't happened. signed to PBC. Manny, Or he left top rank, and he's fought nothing but PBC. Well, yeah, fight. because he's advised by Al Heyman. That, but that's totally different. Right. And also, yeah, Manny's on different. the backside of his career, so he's not just going to run in there with a bunch of young people. But here's my thing with Terrence and Bob Arum. What Bob Arum has continued to do with Bud, which I have to figure out, I can't figure out if Bud is sick of it or not, is every time Bud fights, top rank, Bob says, next fight is going to be big. I don't know how long you can keep selling that shit to Bud. You have to get him yeah. the fight that he wants. And if you can't do it, and I think that's what it's going to come down to, Bud wins this fight. Let's just say he nukes Kell Brook. Just yep. embarrasses him. He goes to Bob and is like, do what you have to do. 
I either get this fight or I'm fucking out of here. Because if he does go to PBC, he is marketed better. Because let's just be honest. Between the zone, you know, the zone having Matchroom and Golden Boy, Top Rank and ESPN, PBC does really well with black fighters. They just do. Mm. They do better than everybody else. They they handle yep. they take care of black fighters a lot better than every other network in uh, promotion. So and you put Terrence Crawford there, and it's like, yeah, of course the Errol Spence fight is there, but then the Sean Porter fight is there, then the Keith Thurman fight is there, the Danny Garcia fight is there. There's so many opportunities for Terrence Crawford to have pay per view fights at PBC with elite names, mm-hmm. whereas I don't see that happening anywhere else. So. Like, because even when he's done with 47, I don't think he goes to 54. He's, I mean, he, if he really wants to. He could, but, yeah, it'd have to be the right match. But, like, shit, man, let's just say he did. Let's just say let's just say that Bud cleans out 47. Who's to say he doesn't fight Charlo at 54? Yeah. There's money to be made at PBC. Charlo, Lara. There's, there's a lot of He wouldn't fight Lara because there's, there's going to be no money in fighting Lara. But, oh, I'm just saying. But yeah, ultimately, but the Charlo options. fight would be the fight, right? But yep. all those fights happen with PBC. So I think if Bud wins this fight, and when it comes to the negotiating table, it's like, listen, Bob, I can't fight any more of your guys at top rank. I just can't. You need a 50-50 this shit. With, with, do what you got to do, but you need to get me those fights. One way or another, this path has to lead to Arrow, or whoever the champion is at 47 that's with PBC. Yeah. I, I think, and I've been saying this forever, I, I think that's the misstep. And that's, you know, outside looking in is, they should have fed Manny to him a long time ago. They weren't. So you can't, you're you not do not. Do Manny. You do not let Manny walk out of the door for nothing. Like he he walked out nothing. He put no one over on his way out. That was loyalty. Manny made Bob a lot of money. Bob was going to. And do Bob it. was too loyal. Bob was going to. If loyal. you're loyal, then you stay. But if you're about to leave, we're putting someone over on. Well. It's, it's pro wrestling. That, like, I get it. You you got to put someone, and and it should have been Buddy. Yeah, I, I should have been put over. It, it shouldn't have been fucking guy in the UK or in in Australia. What fuck his name was? Well, there was so and much. Then Bud had to go beat him. The problem was, is there was so much money in Manny fighting in Australia, and then you have to think at the time when Manny Manny was fighting with you know under top rank, and he fought yeah. Jeff Horn. Manny looked like he was. It was over. It like he was cooked. So Bob wasn't. Yeah, gonna, I mean, he beat the hell out of Jeff Horn, but yeah. I mean, he didn't beat the hell out of Jeff Horn. Like he should have, but he didn't. Terrence Crawford beat the shit out of Jeff Horn. Terrence Crawford also beat and, the shit out. But of what happened was Bob looked at Manny and was like, "I still love you. You're gonna retire, so fuck it. Go wherever you're gonna go. Make your last little piece of bread, and I'm gonna leave you alone." Nobody knew that Manny Pacquiao would just be like, "I'm gonna come back, beat the shit out of Adrian Broner, and then beat Keith Thurman." Nobody saw this coming out of Manny. And if you did, you're a liar. Manny looked washed up in terms of who he once was. So Bob was trying to give yeah. him a break. Floyd made him look washed. Bob got the Floyd fight and it was like, yo, do whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. Like, he made him a lot of money. So I get it. I get him not letting what he thought was Bud picking the Manny Pacquiao bones. Now that Manny's still looked relatively good, it's like, well, shit. He could have fought Bud. But didn't look like yeah. it back then. Me and that fight still may be on the tape. Could be. As you mentioned, being advised is different than signing a PBC. The Manny fight's probably the easier fight out of Manny or Errol. Oh, yeah. Yeah, by far. The Manny fight, you show up with money, Manny will be like, all right, fuck it, let's do this. Yeah. I mean, that that's absolutely the case. I mean, 
as good as Errol is, they're going to have to see how he does against Danny Garcia in terms of pay-per-view. But Manny Pacquiao is always going to be the biggest name for everybody out there. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what comes of this. But, I don't know. He has to show out on Saturday. So, that's first things first. And then we can see who's next up for him. Next up for us, though, is a break. We're going to take our last break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk MMA. It's not much to cover, but we're going to go through some of the stuff that's happened. You guys stay right there. We'll be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second. But first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, it's our final segment. We are back. We are talking MMA to wrap things up. Bellator just occurred with a, a nice little card for Thursday night, which is really good for them. I think they found kind of their niche with these Thursday night fights. So we had, what, Cyborg was the last one, and then now this one was main evented by Pitbull, two major champions Thursday nights. I think, uh, you know, it's on CBS Sports Network. They have a nice little crew, nice little audience that'll tune in. I, I think this is a good place for them and for them to showcase their talent. So I like it. I wish the channel was a little easier to find. <laughs> But I, I like the night. I think they're onto something there. Hard as hell to find the channel. Yeah. No, I mean, I still watch shit on the zone because I don't know how to find it any other way. But, uh, okay. yeah, I mean, good for them. I mean, this was a, a good card. Uh, and I'm just going to get right into it. I think Aaron Pico's figured this shit out. Yeah, right? The kid might be the truth. MMA is not made for 20-year-olds. Sometimes you got to take your lumps. Sometimes you got to figure it out. And I still haven't seen him go crazy with the wrestling, but he choked someone out last fight. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you're you're adjusting that world-class wrestling we all heard about into grappling. And then now the hands are following. Yeah, I mean, he's striking to secure a takedown, right? So he fought to Jesus yep. and he obliterated him with his overhand right. But but prior to that, he was he made the Jesus think about the takedown. What Pico wasn't doing before was making fighters think about the takedown. So they were just lighting yep. him up. Because they're like, all right, if he's going to stand there, these are little-ass gloves. One of us is going to go to sleep. And he ended up going to sleep. But now he's figured out how to wrestle, to, to use his MMA wrestling, because it's much different than collegiate wrestling or anything else. But once he's figured that part out, and you combine it with the striking, oh, he's about to be a problem at 45. It just took a little while. The hype, the, 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 the glosses off of him, it dulled a little bit. But good for him, because now he's fighting on prelims. And just getting, he's just putting everything. I mean, he's with Greg Jackson now. This yep. he's about to be a problem. Even though McKee is still the class of that division, I think. And there's also Pitbull, but he's he's going to be a dangerous one to watch in the next year or two. I mean, Pitbull's at what one thirty five though, 45. right? Featherweight Grand Prix, dual champ. 
Oh, oh yes, yeah. he, he just yeah. I was about to say he's champion. Yeah, champ. but he, he defended his forty-five title title tonight. Yeah, okay, makes sense. I didn't know which one he was defending. It doesn't really matter. He's just running through everyone. So you mentioned McKee. I think McKee's going to be like you said the the standard of that signing class. But with Pico, you, you look at him and he's still so young. It reminds me of Robbie Lawler, where Lawler came into the UFC. He was at eighteen. He had really good-looking fights where you're like, yo, this kid's a prodigy. And then he had some tough fights where you're like, I don't know what this guy's going to be. Left, got his wits about him, took it seriously, came back, had an amazing run as a champion. And you look at that throughout the entire thing of UFC or MMA. And MMA is never too late. Cormier started at 31. You know, you look at Jorge Masvidal, the third biggest guy in the sport. And he has, what, a 500 record in the UFC? Something stupid? Over, a little over 500? Like, guy lost split decision after split decision after split decision. When it's your time, it'll be your time. It's never too late to make it your time. When it clicks, it clicks. Amanda Nunez is arguably the greatest fighter, male or female, ever. And it didn't click for her until she lost three times. And then became unstoppable. So you just never know when it's going to click. And I think the I think it's clicked. Yeah. For him. Definitely. Definitely. I mean. Him, him versus McKee down the road is going to be one hell of a Yeah, they train together. So it's, it seems like it's almost inevitable for them to clash. But, you know, if anybody watched the fight tonight on Thursday night, uh, I, if you haven't, I advise you to go back and watch it. And especially if you've watched Pico before. He's, he's becoming. He's evolving. He's reaching his next form. Dragon Ball Z yes. status. Uh, and then, fast forward, main event. We just talked about Pitbull comes out, puts in work again. First round knockout this time. Little man, heavy hands. Yeah, man. Um, and uh, talk about someone, you know, reaching their next form. I, I didn't see this version of him two years ago, three years ago. No. Something clicked. Yeah, and he's arguably the best 45er in the world at this very moment. That's an interesting, interesting uh, statement there. So you think he beats Volkanovski? I think he could beat Volkanovski. This man that I've been watching... Like, I'm not sure he beats Max Holloway. I don't know. I, dog, I don't know. This pit bull has beat Daniel Strauss, Daniel Weichel, Manuel Sanchez, who will end up fighting again this tournament. He, he doused Michael Chandler in flames in a minute in that fight. Juan Archuleta, who was a th- three-division world champion, and Pedro Cavallo, who knocked him out in one round. This run that Pitbull is on, and it's not like lucky shit. He's just beasting no. people. The only reason he lost to Ben Henderson is he got hurt. Right? And the other person he lost to was Daniel Strauss, which, I mean, he probably shouldn't have lost that fight. But yeah, other than that, like he's been on this roll. And he's not like... Because he'll go out, he'll do what he did tonight against Carvalho and just knock him out in the first round. Two-pieced him twice. Like, he just two-pieced It even looked that no. hard, but man. Two-pieced him twice. But he can do that, but then he can go five rounds with somebody who's skilled like Archuleta, who is a world-class wrestler and a striker, and just dominate that fight. And then he can fight somebody like Michael Chandler, who is now in the UFC, and a lot of people are looking at, oh, he could probably be in the title contention. Knocked him out in a minute. I think he might be the best 45 in the world. I put him up against anybody in the UFC in 45, and I like his chances. I'm not saying he would win. 
I said I like his chances. I don't think he should be the underdog in very. I think he'd be the underdog in very few fights. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, you you look Chandler. Well, he's at fifty five. Yeah, now he's a lightweight UFC. Yeah, so I mean, that doesn't bode well. There's some heavy hands at lightweight. I'm interested to see what he does at fifty five. But you you look at that in at forty five, even at thirty five, he might have a harder time at thirty five in the UFC than he has at forty five. Like you, I don't know. You got to go against Aljo. Aljo's a like, wizard on the ground. That's a tough fight. There's there's a lot of talent. If, if I could make a fight right now, it wouldn't even be against an active UFC champion. Give me Triple C versus Pitbull. That'd be fun. I'd be very interested in that. Right? Because I just, I want to see how that works out. Because that's a chess match of two guys who have found their striking, Pitbull striking, and was taken to another level. But Triple C could also ground you. It's a, it's a whole different whole different puzzle. Triple C wants a belt collect. Tell Dana, like, yo, I'll be back. Let me go do this real quick. Yeah. Yeah, no. That might be fun. But, like, ah, the things to dream. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really intrigued because, you know, I don't know if he'll be there. Who's next? Is McKee next? No, he fights uh, Manuel Sanchez, who uh, won on the un- beat Daniel Weichel on the, um, in, the pre- in the opening uh, fight on the card. So that's the next fight of the tournament. And McKee fights next week. But it seems clear, unless something crazy happens, that we're going to have Pitbull versus McKee in the final. And this is what Bellator wanted the entire time. So this is one tournament that looks like it's going to work out the way they want it to. Finally. No, I'm not going to work. I know. It's not over yet. No, because injuries happen every day. So who who knows? But let's make sure everyone stays Rona-free, stays healthy, and, man, that'd be one hell of a final. Can't, can't wait. Hopefully that pans out. Um, on the UFC end, there's really just like two fights to talk about. So last week, we previewed the fight card barely and then came out. I think I was wrong in both regards. So Andre Arlovsky won in the co-main. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> He's just never going Told away. You just, he can't leave, man. He's, he, he, the game can't leave him alone. <laughs> can't leave rap alone. The game needs me. Um, no, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know what it's going to take. So really I'm doubling down on my stance. Give him to John Jones. Give John Jones a little diet appetizer while Stipe and, um, Francis fight for the title. Give Jones a little, just a little taste of the heavyweight division. Him versus Andre Olovsky. And then he gets the yeah, win. Yeah, ain't nobody got time for that. I completely, I don't want that fight at all. Moving on. <laughs> give, give him a little taste. Let him uh, take Arlovsky out to paint. And then we have Tiago Santos versus Glover Teixeira. Fucking Glover taps him. I mean, listen. I, I told you. You called it. I don't. I don't understand it. I don't understand you. You. Your infinite wisdom stretches to old man strength. I should have known. It's the Glover Teixeira thing. Is this is the secret to Glover Teixeira? If you don't have Rumble Johnson power, he's gonna keep getting up. <laughs> he gonna be a troll. Yeah, and Tiago Santos has incredible power. They were like, as soon as he hit him in the first round, I was like, "Oh fuck, I'm about to lose. I'm about to be wrong." But then I, thought, I sat there and I watched him immediately get the takedown and immediately transition to full mount. I was like, "Oh, I'm good. He, he's he's good money." And then he gets hurt again in the third round, and then he sinks in a rear naked choke. 
joke. It makes no sense. I was like, this guy is getting stronger the more he eats clean it's, punches. It's stupid. It is really stupid, but now it sucks because he does all this work, right, for nothing. Like, you win this fight against Tiago Santos, which in any other year, we'd be talking about this could be a fight of the year candidate. This year's has been bonkers with the, the, the quality fights that we've been getting. But that was a hell of a fight. And now, he doesn't get a title shot. He's just got to sit there and watch Adesanya and Jan go at it in March. I was about to ask you, do you think he deserves a title shot? Yes, I do, I do but not over Izzy. Like, Israel Adesanya, who is chasing John Jones, like, if, if you follow the paper trail, if you're the UFC and you're doing business, you have to put Adesanya in this title fight. But Glover deserves yeah. I mean, Adesanya might, if, if Adesanya wins in March, he might come back in June and just fight Glover just for the fun. He could. That's the type of guy he is. Like, he'd be like, hey, John, I got your title, bitch. Come get it. Now I'm going to defend it and wait for you. He could do that. But the thing yeah. that sucks is there's, there's no money in a Glover to Sarah Jan uh, Blakovich fight. There's no money in that right now. That's like a co-main event. No. Adesanya versus Jan yeah. can headline a pay-per-view, and nobody gives a shit what the undercard is because everybody wants to see Adesanya get another title. It's good business. I get it. It just sucks for Glover. Yeah, you got to wait. It's fine. Like, listen, man. You you only get better with age. Shit. You don't want to get so too much older. What's he, 41? Mm. Yeah, he's going to test that yeah. out. And then... um. We have this weekend's fight card, which I got to pull up. So this weekend's fight card got a little shakeup. Uh, RDA is fighting back down a lightweight. Okay, we'll see. We'll see if it makes the difference um, for him. Last time he was there, what, he was champion? He just ballooned up. So he lost the belt and then went up So because the weight cut got too much. He's going to try his hand and going back down. Loses his opponent, which I forgot who it was supposed to be. Horrible notes here. Um, but Paul Felder steps Mach-tip. in, which is key. It's supposed to be Mach-tip. Okay, Mach-tip. Yeah, and then um, Felder steps in, which is key, right off of the announce table. That man. Just like, yeah, what? You need a late late replacement six days? I'll cut weight right man, now. listen. Paul Felder needs to be in the Hall of Fame for just some bullshit. Because <laughs> this man, I think not too long ago, wasn't he on the commentary table? And he was like, ah, oh, somebody needs me to corner him. And he just, like, left. Yeah, and he just started cornering. And I'm yeah. like, yo. And y'all, like, if y'all listen to the show, I've always liked the American Dragon. I think, And I think he's really good on t- commentary. He's a really good fighter. And I think he's probably going to beat RDA. And if he doesn't, who cares? He took the fight on six days' notice. But if he does, like, the legend of Paul Felder, and he's not a champion, that guy's incredible. Crazy. People say, a lot of people I've heard say, he's going to be a better coach than he was fighting. Pro- he probably and will. And that's saying something. And I think he's an <laughs> amazing fighter. Like, I think he's had the, a, a bad shake on the scorecards quite a few times. But I think, man, for a man to say, you know what, I'm supposed to be doing commentary week this weekend. If nobody else pulls up on this card, this card stinks. So he's like, ah, you know what, Psh, I've been swimming. That's what he said. I've been swimming. I can cut this weight. <laughs> swimming and riding bikes like a maniac. And he's going to fight. On six day notice, he's a former champ. Much love to Paul. He listen, he's incredible. Lost to Dan Hooker in a five round fight. Last time out, no shame no. in that. Before then, beat James Vick, beat Edson Barbosa, lost to Mike Perry. So I mean, fucking Mike Perry, uh, which is weird. I run that back, please. Um, before that, Alex Ricci beat him. Stevie Ray beat him. Charles Oliveira beat him. So he's lost twice in the past four yeah, years. The Perry one's the only one that sucks. And Mike Perry, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think he beats Mike Perry's ass. They run that bag now. 
So you look at it like Barbosa beat him the first time too. He came back, whooped Barbosa's ass. So you look at it, man, the guy is, he's the epitome of, he's getting smarter as he gets older. And as long as his body holds up, that's a problem for people. Yeah. And maybe commentary helps that too. Like now you see so many different fights, many different styles. While you're watching these fights and you're actively having to speak out loud and comment, you are just digesting all this info. Yeah. You're seeing all of these things. So when you, if you're still lucky enough to have your body work well enough to get in there and put all of that knowledge to practice, it's hard for RDA to show him something he hasn't seen in the past two years. No, the only thing that's working against him is a six days notice. But other than that, like if Paul Felder wins, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm picking Paul Felder because I just don't trust RDA coming back down. I'm picking Paul Felder too, just for the story. Is this five rounds or three? Oh, that's a good question. I'm pretty sure it's a five rounder. I didn't see Damn, if they kept it five, he's going to gas. Not enough swimming in this world. That'll give you a gas tank for five usually, rounds. But if it's three, usually when, I really like Paul When you Felder. step in on short notice, it ends up being a three-rounder in a, in a main event. But I just can't remember if they ever announced what it was going to be. So I'm going to assume it's a three-rounder without looking it up. I, listen, man, I, I hope so. Um, I mean, RDA's only win past couple years. It looks like past three years was Kevin Lee, which I'm surprised he beat Kevin Lee, but whatever. Yeah. And then before then, I guess, you know, he loses to Usman. He loses to Covington. He's had a tough go. Lost to Leon Edwards. Lost to Chiesa. I mean, he's, he's losing to some legit guys. Tony Ferguson before that, Eddie Alvarez. He hasn't won much. No. So, you know what? Give me Paul Felder. I like it. It's great for the story. Um, Man. MMA is the only weird place where you see this shit happen. Yeah. Where it's like, yo, we need someone. So I was like, five days? Fuck it. It's not happening in boxing. It's a main event of fight? Hell no. But, hey, it's a weird world of Dana White. So it's uh, interesting to see how it all unfolds. That's our show for today, though. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. It's great when we get to combine shows like this. And we got to nerd out a little bit to start the show, which is always fun. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. You can follow me at Kel Dansby and him at Andreas Hale on all platforms as well. Check out our other podcast, Wrestling with Stereotypes, on adfreeshows.com. Shout out to Conrad, everyone over there for giving the opportunity. Um, man, it it's been fun. It, it's been great. I mean. It's crazy how much content we put out now, Dre. Yeah. It's it's so much fun. So we have new shows rolling out all the time. Make sure you guys keep our eyes o- your eyes open for all of that. Old man, before we get out of here, I know I'm like in the usual spiel. You got a book coming out. Yes, sir. Pre-orders drop Monday. I don't know if y'all saw the Godzilla trailer that Chase Serrano did for us. Um, yeah, my, my joint is Kendrick Lamar. The pre-orders drop Monday. Uh, and I'll announce the release date in a couple weeks. But exciting, man. Things don't slow down on this side. Right in time for the holidays. Make sure you guys support the old man and his video game habits. Yes, I need to pay for Make this sure shit. Make sure that you... Be homeless with mad <laughs> Playstations and Xboxes, but I'll be out on the street. <laughs> yes, support him. Buy that book. In the meantime, you guys stay safe. Stay Rona-free. Make sure you guys are doing everything you can. The cases are spiking. So please, please be safe. Like uh, Dre said, we have plenty of people around us being affected by this right now. We want to make sure us as a family here at the Corner Club are all safe. Till next time, though.
We're out. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.